E-S-N-Y. I said it at the time. It went down. Joe Douglas is the real deal. Now listen. It's early, of course. Everyone's going to point to 2015. Mike McCagnan. He made tremendous moves. Everyone thought McCagnan was the real deal. Right? Yeah, you could point that out if you want. But if you know football... You know what Joe Douglas has done with his first two moves with the Jets is something that's so critically important and completely contrasts to what Mike McCagnan believed in as a GM. He said it with his initial press conference. The way to build a team is with a quarterback and with two lines, offensive and defensive. It starts in the trenches. Look around the league. The best teams own the best trenches. The best offenses own the best offensive lines. Even when the quarterback isn't a god. Look at the Eagles. Where Douglas came from. Yeah, folks. Please understand. It is that important. It's nearly half of the offense. 5 of 11. This is this was my pause about the Jets season. No O-line with Sam Darnold. No edge rushers. 6, 7, 8 wins was what I was thinking. Obviously, Jets fans go crazy. Oh, this guy's so negative. Makes me feel so bad about my team. What am I supposed to do? Pretend? Pretend everything's okay? And pretend Mike McGagnon is the man and he knows what he's doing? No. This is the game. You have to look at it objectively. Enter Ryan Khalil. Their line goes from terrible... To average. One man, especially a center, can make that difference. And now, instead of six, seven, eight wins, oh yeah, they could reach double digits. There's no question about it. Ryan Khalil is that good. I know he's 34. I know he's had injury problems. But folks, Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers O-line, Cam Newton is not the greatest quarterback. He has great traits. In terms of pocket, everything pocket, accuracy, he's not the greatest. So considering McCaffrey, I think he finished with 4.9 yards per carry last year behind Khalil. That's tremendous. And I got McCaffrey on a fantasy team. I'm trying to decide whether I should keep him or not. Without Khalil, with Paredes, or Paredes, I don't know how you pronounce that name. Does it matter? I don't know if I should keep him. But Khalil makes all the difference in the world. Now you're looking at Khalil, Osemele, and Beecham on the left side. Khalil, Winters, and Shell on the right side. Not too good on the right side. But Douglas, 
He didn't wait till next draft. He didn't wait till the spring. He hopped on it right away. And that is the sense of urgency that this unit needs. There's no question about it. He has done more for the O-line in one summer than McKagan has done in five years. He has said more about the O-line and the proper way to build a team in a couple months than McKagan did in five years. <clears throat> That's why you should be excited. I spoke about it at the time. I wrote about it at the time. He's the real deal. Doesn't mean it's going to work out, but he knows what he's doing. And that's the first step to get a guy who knows what he's doing. Second move, Alex Lewis. Fourth round product, 2016 Baltimore Ravens. He's a starting caliber offensive lineman. He's an interior guy. He's a guard center. Brian Winters, get ready. Lewis will be right behind you. Osemele, don't get hurt. Lewis is right behind you. They still have Tom Compton, who has played tackle in the past, but you don't want to see him out there on tackle. You don't want to see him in space. <clears throat> Douglas traded... <clears throat> excuse me. Douglas traded a seventh-round pick for Lewis. He missed the entire 2017 season with injury. Played Started 10 games a year ago. I think started 8 or 10 games during his rookie campaign as well. He had a falling out with the Ravens because he rehabbed his shoulder away from the team. Um, so he was told he'd be put on waivers. The Jets caught wind of that. They had the third waiver priority. The Niners, the Cardinals were ahead of him. Cardinals first. Douglas didn't trust that either of those teams would pass up Lewis, so he gave up a 7th round pick, conditional 7th round pick in 2020, for the man. And suddenly, you're looking at a line with Beecham, Osemele, Khalil, Winters, Shell, starting. With Lewis, Compton, Harrison, and Quali, I guess, Quali's still injured. But they're going to need that ninth guy to be a tackle, a backup tackle. Oh, I'm sorry, a Doga. I forgot about a Doga. Quali's days are probably numbered. Their backup unit is a Doga, Compton, Lewis, Harrison. That's their nine. That's not bad. Now, if Douglas really wants to make this unit special, that guy down in D.C., Trent Williams, is on the block. And a Trent Williams acquisition would mean Trent Williams, Osemele, and Khalil is one nasty left side of the line. The right side would feature Winters and Beecham. I mean, if you really want to get me excited and the fan base excited, that's what you do. And that's what Sam Darnold, the young quarterback, deserves. That's what this Adam Gase system deserves. That's what Le'Veon Bell deserves. I wouldn't give up a first-round pick. Second round pick, yes. Is Trent Williams worth it? He's 31. He's always injured. I hate that recipe. But the problem is this O-line, the importance. Right now, not next year. 
That was McCagnan's mindset. That was the fan base with McCagnan. Oh, he'll fix it next year. He'll fix it next year. It's improved this year. He'll fix it next year. They'll be okay. No. It is important on day one. So I would give up a second rounder. Third rounder, forget about it. Done. But there are no rumors. There are no reports. There are no connections there. That is just a... Even with the Patriots, there are no rumors, reports, connections. That's just a um, a thought one reporter had that Belichick would be interested in Trent Williams considering his tackle loss from this offseason. And you know Dante's Garnecchia and, and the Pats and Brady. The dirtiest little secret with Tom Brady over the last 18 years is that he has enjoyed the best pass protection and run blocking of any quarterback in NFL history. It's a lot easier. You, you've seen the games when he gets hit. When he gets hit, he becomes an average player. That is not his strength. Clean pockets, having the ability to step up, throw, in, throw inside windows, that's his greatness. So folks, Joe Douglas knows what he's doing. Just understand that. Number two, training camp practice. We're two weeks in now. We've seen a lot. I mean, it's nothing compared to the regular season. It's nothing compared to game planning. But we've seen a lot. Right now, Gase is trying to get a feel of his personnel. He's trying to get a feel of his offensive line. Sam Darnold, how does he look so far from what I've seen on the sideline? But it, you don't know. It's impossible to tell. It's not live. There is pressure bearing down on him. He'll never get touched, obviously. And a little tidbit, by the way. Darnold, you might have seen pictures. Darnold, the quarterbacks, they don't wear red. They don't wear red jerseys like a lot of teams do to signify, to signal... They shouldn't be touched. Gase was asked about that after practice in the early going. And he told us it was something Peyton Manning started in Denver. He said, why, why, why are we wearing red? I'd rather dress like the rest of the team. Everyone knows not to hit us anyway. So it started in Denver with Peyton Manning and Gase kind of, not kind of, he carried it over to the Jets. So, when they're wearing green, the offense, the quarterbacks wear green. This week, they flipped it. The offense is wearing white. Defense is wearing green. The defenders know not to touch the quarterbacks. It's obvious. But, in the early going, the O-line has not been impressive. Khalil is not there. Obviously, he's still being worked in. The O-line has not been impressive. And people say, how do you know they're not live? Uh, folks, they may not be tackling. There's only been one session where they went live tackling this past Saturday where it was a semi-scrimmage, first team versus second team, and vice versa. But the O-line action is live. There's no tackling on the O-line. You could tell. And when Bell or Powell... Or Montgomery take a handoff, they get hit up top. 
it's not as violent as possible, but they get hit. And that point of contact behind the line of scrimmage, in the line of scrimmage, scrimmage, no holes opening up is obvious. Now, it's not completely terrible, but it hasn't been stellar, the O-line play. In terms of Gase's offense, Darnold, you know, he's got a, he's got a strong arm. There's been some reports... Uh, New York Post asked about uh, if Darnold's arm felt stronger. Gase talked about it a little bit. He, he affirmed it, that he thinks it might be as well. It's not important. What's important is his decision-making and his accuracy. And so far, I'd say 7.5, 7 out of 10. It's been solid. He's still learning a new offense. And in addition, in Gase's rushing attack... I know I touched on this before, but it's obvious. Gase asked the quarterbacks to do a lot more in his rushing attack, his zone scheme. He asked them to carry out read option, zone read type plays. Even though there may not be an option on the read option, the quarterbacks set wide with two feet, put the ball in the stomach, follow through with the hands, in a very collegiate read option type way. Gase is a, is a play caller who prides himself on taking advantage of what the defense gives him. This means he always wants that option of the quarterback keeping the ball and picking up 10-15 on the edge when the defensive edge collapses. Darnold will get his carries. He'll get one, two, three carries a game on a read option. Or a or naked boot run where he knows the edge is collapsing. The game in Jersey last year, first play of the game for Miami, naked boot, fake up the middle, fake dive. The quarterback, I think it was Moore, not Tannehill, naked boot for about 25 yards. Why? The edge. I think it was Jordan Jenkins. I'm not positive. But the edge collapsed automatically on first down. They, they didn't know what hit him. Gase knew it. He knew that was going to happen on the first play, took advantage, shocked the Jets on the first play. That's what he does. And in the early going and training camp, Gase isn't going to show those cards. He's not going to run any read options. Um, by design, he's trying to figure out the more impactful play, the, the more regular plays. And figure out what works and what doesn't with Darnold and with this personnel. He's running the pistol a little bit, but we won't go too deep into what he's showing. Right now it's all throw as much out there as you can and see what works. In terms of Darnold's throwing, he's been picked off by Tremaine Johnson three times. Uh, one was on a, a seam early on to Crowder and Darnold tried to fit it in. To Crowder, with Tremaine's head not being turned around, looking at Crowder. Unfortunately, Tremaine turned as soon as the ball was thrown. So Tremaine picked it on the seam. I don't know how, I can't remember, I don't know why Tremaine Johnson was on Crowder, or why he was on the inside to begin with. That's unusual, but... Second one was against a cover two... But an interesting cover, too, where Brian Poole, the nickel cornerback, darted to the deep middle. 
in Greg Williams' defense, a lot of different looks that are helping Darnold, helping Gase through this process. Poole went from the slot, darted right to the middle half where the Mike linebacker normally would be. It was more of a cover two buck. Darnold looked to the right side, tried to, he, he saw cover two. He knew it was cover two. He tried to throw it over Tremaine Johnson's head and underneath the safety. I don't know if it was Adams or Miles, but he couldn't get over get it over Tremaine. And Tremaine leapt and made the interception around the 15, 18-yard mark. The third one happened, was it Monday? Was it yesterday? It was either yesterday or, or Friday. Darnold, it was a coverage sack. He was trying to throw it away. He threw it away in play. The cardinal sin, as Darnold called it after the game. And the receiver didn't know the ball was thrown and Tremaine Johnson dove short to make the pick. It was like a seven-yard to the right uh, stop. But for the most part, Darnold's been good. His accuracy on some balls have been just silly. Um, His decision-making has been solid. Uh, Montgomery, Ty Montgomery, when asked what Darnold and Aaron Rodgers have in common, he said the whip. He whips it like Aaron Rodgers, that quick release. And you could see that. You could see a little bit of that. So the Gase offense is a work in progress. Um, But it's a new age offense compared to what Bates did early on last year, compared to what Bowles allowed Bates to do, very conservative, play to the defense, play to special teams. You you got to be excited for this case offense. It is new age. It'll be filled with jet sweeps, uh, as so many offenses are. <clears throat> It'll uh, allow for flexibility. You got to be excited. Greg Williams. The rotations with personnel in Greg Williams' defense are many. Early on, he played the 3-4 base. Recently, he's been getting a look at the 4-3. So like Gase, he's trying to, he's, he's looking at everything. Henry Anderson right now, Henry Anderson is the edge solution in the, <clears throat> in the sub package and in the 4-3. In the 3-4, Henry Anderson, Leonard, and either McClendon or Quinnen at nose tackle <clears throat> is the obvious look with Jordan Jenkins on the edge as the outside linebacker and another rotating edge, whether it's Brandon Copeland, Frankie Luvo, Terrell Basham. It's rotating. Same in the sub package, but... Henry Anderson goes to the outside in the sub with Leo and Quinnen or Leo and McClendon in the middle. Right now, Quinnen is still on the second team. They're easing the rookies in. They're making them earn it, which is a tremendous thing. In the 4-3, you got three second-level linebackers, right? You got Mosley, Avery Williamson, and Brandon Copeland, is playing a lot of second-level linebacker. The other guy, Blake Cashman. Blake Cashman is already seeing some time in the sub-package as that nickel linebacker. 
which he may take Avery Williamson off the field at times, where it'll be Mosley and Blake. Cash, he's fast. Cashman is a fast linebacker. He can cover. In the secondary, with May Hurt, Rontez Miles is the undoubted center fielder, free safety, with Jamal Adams playing everywhere. And when I mean everywhere, <clears throat> I mean everywhere. Greg Williams, that's a Greg Williams toy. That's his new toy in the NFL. Lining up on the edge as a linebacker, as a robber, even in the deep half when they go two over. Jamal Adams is the best safety in the league, in my opinion. At corner, Tremaine and Daryl Roberts on the outside, Brian Poole on the inside. Brian Poole, of their cornerback situations, Brian Poole is their best cornerback. He may not be their most talented quarterback, but Poole as a slot nickel corner ranks among the best in the NFL. As compared to Tremaine as an outside number one corner. Tremaine as the outside number one corner doesn't rank with the best in the NFL. Maybe as a number two corner, his ranking goes up. But Poole as a slot corner, tremendous. He's a physical corner. And he knows how to use his hands. He knows how to use his hips. He, he anticipates very well. It, very, very solid signing by McCagnan. Uh, Gase, I think he was with Chicago in 2015. Uh, Deontay Thompson was, I know that, the receiver. But speaking of those guys, I mean, there are some clear stock ups and stock downs in terms of players. Stock up, Tim White, the receiver, the youngster. This man has been the last man off the practice field for 90% of the days that I've seen. He goes, once the practice ends, he goes to the jugs, works on his hands. He doesn't stop. He's even animated during practice. He wants, just call him Keyshawn, he wants the damn ball. He's caught a couple 40, 50 yard plus goes uh, from backup quarterbacks, whether it's Simeon or Davis Webb or even Falk. He is making things very interesting. And you look at that receiving group. You got Robbie Anderson. You got Quincy. You got Crowder. You got Bellamy, who's a special teams guy. He is locked in as a, as a roster spot. Not completely locked, but as sure as it gets. Burnett, that's five. Okay. Seven is probably the max. Six is probably the minimum. Who will get those last two spots? The competitors are Dorch, Tim White, Deontay Thompson, Sharon Peak. I think it'll come down to two of those four guys. And with White and Dort, Dorch is playing well too. The receiving group looks a lot deeper than many people anticipated going in. And I think Gase has to love that. But Tim White's stock up. Trenton Cannon, his stock is also up. His speed, he's not incredibly elusive, but it looks better this year as opposed to last year. He's more free. He feels more confident. His stock is up too. He's ripped off a, a bunch of 20-plus yard runs 
in teams, even did so with the first team during the two-day absence of Le'Veon Bell when he got drug tested. So Trenton Cannon has taken advantage as well. Ty Montgomery, stock up. Ty Montgomery plays every position, and Gase is loving this. He could go dual halfback. Gase doesn't carry a fullback. So it's either 11 personnel with three receivers and a tight end and a back, 12 personnel with two tight ends, two receivers and a back, or he can go pro 22, but instead of a fullback, Montgomery. And then you got Le'Veon and Montgomery in the backfield. He can do a lot of stuff with that. A lot. Out of the gun, out of the pistol, what have you. I uh, still wear number 88. You could line up as a receiver. You could line up anywhere. Who is the number two tight end right now? That tight end is the group that's most uncertain. Herndon's still running with the first team, but he's suspended for the first four games. You got Griffin. You got Daniel Brown, who's very fast. You have Wesco. Tomlinson. Wesco has not overtaken Tomlinson in terms of the number one blocking tight end. In fact, I don't even know if Tomlinson is the number one blocking tight end at the moment. It, everything is up in the air. They're still rotating a ton of guys. Griffin might have seized that job. We don't know yet. Time will tell. But four or five tight ends can be kept. And we don't know who they're going to be yet. An extra guy will get an opportunity with Herndon suspended. Stock up, Brian Poole. He picked off, I forget if it was Simeon or Davis Webb, but on a slant to Dante Burnett, he was in a, not a full press, maybe two yards off. Burnett went with the slant. Poole immediately was hands-on. So hands-on press, but not not a, not crazy, not 100%, not completely in Burnett's face. And he literally made the break to the inside after the back pedal before Burnett did. He anticipated the slant, physical, cut Burnett off, caught it, returned it for 20 yards. Brian Poole, keep an eye on him. Stock up Blake Cashman, continues to get opportunities with the first team, especially in the sub package. Um, for the most part, is still on the second or third team, but the coaches are intentionally sprinkling him in. Stock down. Elijah Maguire. This is just a gut feeling. But when you look at the backs, you got Bell, Montgomery, Powell, Canton, Maguire. Um, Valentine, you know, Valentine has a tough road ahead of him here. They could probably only keep four. Maybe three. I think four would be the number, though. If you ask me right now which four it's going to be, I got Bill, Montgomery, Powell, Cannon. I don't see Gase loving McGuire. I just don't see it. I don't know what it is. It's just a gut feeling. Don't take that home to the bank. But I don't know. He doesn't... Um, he, he doesn't... And neither does Cannon, but Bell, Powell, and Montgomery are tremendous in the passing game. As a receiver, out of the backfield. McGuire, I thought he was as well, but some on some occasions he just doesn't get it done. 
So I think that may doom him in the end, but we'll see. Ja'Kai Polite. He's not getting any time with the first team. It's coming slow for Ja'Kai Polite. Um, he's shown a couple glimpses, but he's just not... I don't, you don't know what it is. You don't know if he's confused. That You don't know if he's grasped the playbook. You don't know what's going on. So, stock down for now, but it could change at any moment. And stock down right side of the line. Winters and Shell have not been impressive. We touched on it earlier. Um, on one play on a inside zone to the B gap, on the very first play of teams, Nathan Shepard broke through. It was first team against second team on Saturday to start out. First team offense, second team defense. Nathan Shepard broke through that right side of the line, snatched up Bell for a two-yard loss. Wasn't a good look. On the very next play, it was a coverage sack. Darnold had to scramble. From that point on, the offense pretty much beat down the second team defense, but the start wasn't good. And speaking of Nathan Shepard, when Leonard Williams didn't practice yesterday, so that opened the door for Quinnen and Shepard to get a lot more time in the first on the first team D line. Nathan Shepard should probably put be put in the stock up as well. He's uh, he's shown a little bit. Um, practice already done for today. Off day tomorrow. They'll be in the uh, in the rooms. Before they take on the Giants. First preseason game on Thursday night. And folks, it's here. Training camp is still ongoing. But the preseason is here now. And the cuts won't have to happen for another few weeks. So all these players will be enjoying themselves until a few weeks happen. When they'll have to get down to 53. And that'll just about do it. We'll uh, we'll try to do these podcasts a little more often. It's tough with the uh, travel to Florham Park. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Probably do one right after the Giants game. Um, you know, Donald, they haven't communicated how much Donald or Bell will play. My gut tells me Bell won't play at all this preseason. And I think Donald may get one series or not play at all on Thursday. I think Gase will lean towards the Peyton Manning type type of fashion in preseason and not play the guy when he doesn't have to. Um, so I don't think Darnold for Thursday. I think for week two, he'll get a series or two, and then week three, he'll play. It'll be the regular dress rehearsal. And um, until next time, we're getting closer to football season. <laughs>